It's 6 a.m. Rise and shine. Let's talk sports and welcome to the grind. And good Thursday to you and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Jeff McIntyre as we grind it out here on a Thursday edition. Jeff, uh, if I sound a little different, I'm a little hoarse. Uh, it's totally non, uh, non-COVID related. Uh, it, is, it is my driver went to victory lane last night in the All-Star race. That was, that was awesome. Can I, and I think he won two stages before that too, didn't he? Well, no, he just won the. Well, he won two stages. He won three yeah. and four, but the fourth one's the final. So, but uh, no, he was he was electric. I mean, the car was just smoking fast. He, I mean, he was pulling away from people. I mean, he was he was so fast he was throwing orange lights out the back. Yeah, ah, <laughs> oh, I was disappointed in that. Uh, I mean, you know, you know what it reminded me of, honestly. And 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 let me back up and kind of say what we're talking about. My driver, the 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 race that was last night was the All Star race at Bristol. Second time in history of the All Star race, it's been away from Charlotte Motor Speedway. First time, nineteen eighty six. Atlanta Motor Speedway, Bill Elliott wins the race. 2020, Bristol Motor Speedway, Chase Elliott wins the race. Uh, but but all, all the uh, karma aside, uh, Chase was just, I mean, he was just monster fast. Like the, the, but the whole setup was awesome. Like, I, I, I applaud Bristol. I applaud NASCAR. And, and I'll be honest, the closer it got to race time, the more scared I was. Uh, because I'm just like, there's 30,000 people. Uh, I mean, I'm nervous when I go to Walmart. What am I going to do? Da, 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 da. So we we ride up there. And, and like I said, Bristol had really lined out what we were going to do. You show up. Here's your tickets. You're in this section, this row. Your entry time is between 5.40 and 5 – or yeah, 5.40 and 6 o'clock. Oh, wow. If you, if you get in – if you come after six o'clock, you have to wait till six thirty. Dang! Because they were limiting; they had all the gates open and you know clear back policy, so they didn't have to touch your stuff. They e tickets, so they're not touching tickets, uh, and, and so they were just really, really a hardcore about that. So my buddy gets a just because he had he's a season ticket holder and bought tickets to the All Star Race. They gifted him somehow a parking pass. And I'm like, hey, well, that's cool. I was like, where's it at? And he goes, oh, it's in, in lot E. If that doesn't sound like in the next town over, nothing does, right? That was in Bristol, Virginia. Well, I looked, and we passed. You know you know how, like, when you're coming up on a normal race, like five miles back, there's a van on the right side of the road that's selling T-shirts and need tickets. It's got a big sign that says need tickets. And and on the left side of the road, there was one that said, like, it was like, feel dirt free. And I said, that's probably Lot E right there. Yeah. No. No, that was not Lot E. Okay. Let me, what do you know about Bristol? You've been there a whole lot? I've never been. Never been to Bristol? Mm-mm. Oh, we're going to change that. Even if it's, I mean, if it's for Xfinity, I mean, we're going to get you up there. It's just, there's a level of sound you've never heard before. 
just because you have 40 750 800 horsepower cars in a fishbowl but <laughs> so but anyway long story short you're on your main drag going in front of bristol motor speedway normally that's that's vendor central on the left side of the road is kind of the tent level uh people bringing in shirts you know you have a clearance table that half the shirt's faded because they've had it sitting out for about four years (laughs) it's the best thing ever and then on the right side is the official merchandise trailers okay and it's literally parking lot merchandise trailers touch the track or well touch the the facility right so but that is like high dollar parking at best like bristol motor speedway personnel parking only Okay, well, one, we're, we're on that main drag, and it's, there's some little, t- you know, there's some Trump 2020 uh, banners that you could sell over here. There's some flags of sorts that you could buy over here. But over there where the, the official merchandise tents were, nothing. Blank parking. And I'm like, what the heck? So anyway, that's where we're supposed to turn in, the north entrance. So we turn in there, and they've got, like, literally, I thought it was like a slalom course put off into like cones and they're they've got it gapped to where uh when they they check your parking pass there's two car widths in between you and the next car da 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 the the little guys had had really nice um really i mean they were they were very very well covered i mean they didn't have the the traditional i'm wearing a mask but i'm not wearing a mask situation to where it's over my mouth but not over my nose but they were doing a really good job. I just that's that's a pet peeve of mine. Like if you're gonna wear it, wear it or or don't. But yeah, anyway, I've seen that a bunch. But but anyway, all jo- all jokes aside, so they're doing a really good job checking parking passes, and then they say, and and I'm stoked. Like if we park right there, because I mean at that rate you're probably, I don't know, three hundred, three four hundred yards from an entrance, and it's flat. I mean, no big deal, right? Mm. He said turn left no pun intended uh and go up Hmm. the hill i'm like like toward the track he goes yeah so we curl and i'm driving toward the track up the hill richard petty terrace facing it and i'm like there's no way we're gonna go over this hill and then go a couple more miles or something no i literally park less than 200 yards from from a gate wow flat like, I wish I'd have taken a picture. It literally, like, I don't know, $5,000 parking pass wouldn't hold it, I don't think. I bet you I bet you in a realistic, everybody's showing up kind of race, it's $5,000 parking pass, no joke. I believe it. And so I, I felt like we were we were big stuff at that point. Like, it, the day was going to be fine from that point on. So we chill out in the car, kind of try to find a local station that's kind of performance racing network, and and we don't, by the way. Uh, I don't know if it's kind of like Braves games where if you're in Atlanta, you can't find a Braves game. But uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's one of those deals. I couldn't hardly find it. I found one on AEM that got me till the race started, which was real helpful. And then AEM kind of dies at night, so that, that didn't help me at all. Yeah, I, I'm not a, I don't do anything AEM, actually. I'll be honest. I do AEM when that's the only option available. I but, think I'd rather snap to the wind. Oh no! I'll be honest with you. Eight fifty. This station right here. Eight fifty a.m. I mean, it'll go to it'll go other side of Sevierville. Wow! In the daytime, nighttime, not so much. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, okay, okay. Back to that side story. Now you know where I parked. That's a, that's a big deal. I mean, obviously. 
got got to feel it. I think it was all part of Chase's victory. Just to be honest with you. See if I went in there, but anyway, so we get there. We go right up. I mean, we li- we go look at the official pace car because it was right in front of the little Bruton Smith Center, which is like the little mem, uh, like a little uh, Hall of Fame kind of thingy. But anyway, I go look at it. I got some pictures to show you, by the way. And uh, look at the, the, the official pace car, and then literally 536 were in line. 539 were in. Wow. Okay. And, and then everything's kind of blocked off. Literally, like every other set of bathrooms is closed. Every other concession stand is closed. Every other uh, memorabilia um, souvenir stand is closed. And I'm just like, okay. And there's there's good representation of staff uh, along the way to answer questions, help people get to their seats, and what have you. So anyway, we sat in Petty, uh, Section F, I believe, Row 32. Uh, and I'm like, I go in there, and I'll be honest with you, the last time I was there for Xfinity Race, there wasn't that many people there. Really? I'm like, it looks like more than 30,000. And all of a sudden, I'm looking, and I'm like, so we're on seats one and two, which was literally like at the aisle, right? And I'm like, I wonder if there's going to be any people in between us because there's people on the ends. What they had done, and this is like brilliant because, well, I'm, I mean, it, it is what it is. Brilliant's probably a strong word. But what they would do is, is they would take this row and you would have beginning and end would have people nothing in the middle. Okay. Because they're short rows. It's not like a long stretch right. like at college football. But uh, end and end. The next row, middle. The next row, end, end, middle. You know, and, and kind of brackets that way. And you had plenty of space, but you felt like you were around people. Um, you, you know, the the view was great. The, they had kind of catered it to, to knowing where people were and where they weren't. Uh, but it, it was an experience because – Bristol does things the right way. And, and like I said, they, they were enforcing the, the mask at the entry points. Uh, literally, there was a cat out there because they have like a bag check, uh, tables. You know, there's a, that's a, like a pre-screen, and then there's a ticket scanner guy. And uh, there was a guy literally, his you know, the little slogan, normally it's uh, buy your program, buy your cold drink. No, he was no mask, don't get in. And I'm like. I had a boy. Okay. I had a boy. So everybody was ratcheting that up. But we get to our seats. You know, the open series, the open part of the race, awesome. Awesome. Because, one, it was shootout style at its best because you get around 35 laps in about 12 minutes. I mean, so it was it was awesome. But, you know, as they're doing the open segment, you know, they, they lay down the rules. And we talked about it the last, the last couple of days. But – uh, the three open uh, segment winners were going to transfer, and then there was going to be a fan vote. Well, let's just be honest. Bubba Wallace got less than a rousing uh, standing ovation. Like, it was it was not the best of, of entries, right? But I'm sitting here, and I'm like, you better watch out. He'll either win one of these segments or he'll get the fan vote. Yeah. Like, watch it happen. And about seven laps in, he backs it into the wall. Crash. Yeah. And I he saw that. backed into the wall at Bristol. You know how hard that is to do? Yeah. Like my buddy's like, I've, you know, at Bristol, you're pretty much just head on into it because you've went hard into the corner. But what happened was he got loose and it was kind of one of those deals. He almost saved it and then he just slid right up the wall into it. I, I didn't get to watch a whole lot of the opens. 
I I got to see that part where he he went up into the wall, um, and then I was thinking. First thing I thought of was, well, there goes the fan vote. Well, and and the weird thing was, and the it was ironic as I'll get out, is we're sitting there and they said, just to be clear, the fan vote has to be drivable <laughs> to to, <laughs> yeah. to advance. I mean. I mean, it makes sense. Like, you, so you don't just tape one together just to ride around. Sure, you're you're actually a competitive, yeah. Uh, in, you know, whatever uh, participant you're in a. So anyway, uh, you know, and and I was I was pretty spot on. I mean, I ain't gonna lie to you. I was pretty stoked with my picks. I said William Byron, Eric Almarola, and I said Tyler Reddick. And honestly, you give him ten more laps, I don't know that he doesn't win stage three, but. Anyway, who wins stage one? Eric Almarola. Who wins yeah. stage two? William Byron. I went, I'm pretty good at this stuff. And then uh uh so I'm like I'm like, I'm gonna go with uh with uh Tyler Reddick here at the finish. And I like Matt De Benedetto. Honestly probably would was a better pick. Uh but uh uh yeah, Tyler Reddick didn't win. He was in the Food City car. I thought that was karma too. I was like I was like, let's let him win. It's it's around where Food City's kinda based. It could work. Yeah. What do you think about the numbers on the back, like slid mm, back? I still didn't like it. I'll be honest. It was better there. Because when I saw them on the on the, the pictures and like what I sent you, because the Blue Deuce didn't run, by the way. It was the old discount tire. Yeah, I know. That was such a wasted. Still makes him slower, I think. <sighs> Between him and Chase, I mean, Chase was not in like one of the hottest Chase Elliott cars. Uni first like got no. the ringer. Like, Honestly, I think the best looking car out there last night was Kevin Harvick's. Oh yeah, I was a hey, Austin Dillon in the open was pretty hot too. I mean, it's Bass Pro with the it looked very much like Martin Truex Jr.'s car. But uh, anyway, um, but anyway, Matt DiBenedetto, uh, William Byron, and uh, uh, Eric Almarola advanced to the to the the final, the All Star race, and then the fan vote is is tallied, and I'm like, so Bubba Wallace is out. The other guys won. Who gets in? And I'm thinking maybe Tyler Reddick gets in, honestly, on the fan vote. And then they say Clint Boyer. And it's hard to be against Boyer. Yeah. Because, I mean, he's just he's a pretty good dude. Like, he's a dirt racer. And, and for a long time, he didn't have really good equipment. Now he's got good equipment. And I, I just think it's kind of maybe passed him by. But uh, but anyway, he gets in on, on fan vote. So I was pretty stoked. Like, it was a good set segment. But I, I thought it was funny. So I'm watching the open races, and none of them have underlights. Uh, and I'm like, this is going to be weird. Because it's like, who's the new kids? Those four. Because they don't have underlights. Did they? I didn't, you know, I didn't pay attention. Did they have underlights? In, oh, no, man. only the locked-in cars. And they only had them at the back. See, and that's what, that's what disappointed me. Because when we were looking at the pictures, even, even the pre-race... Larry McReynolds was talking about, look at my car. I got lights. And he had lights under the front, under the middle, and under the back. And I was like, that's going to be really cool. And then they show him, and I'm like, these look fake. You know what it looked like to me? You remember like on like F-Zero and, and those racing games back yeah. in the day when you would hit the turbo button and like you would and you would like take off? It looked like that to me. It, it looked to me... Watching it on TV, the lights looked like they were the the blue dot over the hockey puck in NHL when they tried that. Yeah. It looked fake, and to me, I was like, "Why? Why wouldn't you do the whole car? You have an opportunity here. Did do you, the whole car? Did you notice that it was a uh, manufacturer specific? 
Yeah, and I didn't like that either. I thought that was bogus. Just because there was no real car besides maybe Martin Truex Jr., uh, maybe Denny Hamlin, to where it actually looked good. Right. Because like, there was a lot of cars where it was like green with orange. I mean, yeah. if that's your thing, it's cool, but that's not my color scheme of choice. It, I wish they would have given them the choice to run whatever color they wanted. Because, I mean, if you'd have had Chase with a green underlight kit, epic. Yeah. But he had that orange, which no. was kind of just, I mean, it just looked dingy. You know what I'm saying? Dingy's probably not the best word, but other I, words. I didn't care for it. Yeah, it, it, was it was one of those things where they could have done it right. They they had an opportunity, and they just, they, they ran a race on Wednesday. But it was, right. But. And I will say I'm feeling the grind of that today. Oh, but, I bet. Uh, but I will say that uh, it was funny because when Eric Amarola and those guys stepped into the to the All Star race, it was like we're the new people because they didn't have they're they're doing all this stuff like oh da 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 you know we we've got this light kid and Eric's like I won segment one. Yeah, it was like it was like the new kids. It was the funniest thing. But nonetheless, we've talked about all the lead up that to the all-star race but we've yet to talk about the all-star race let's take our first break of the day listen to great sponsors when we come back we'll talk about the choose rule we'll talk about how that kind of shook out and then we'll talk a little bit about segment winners and how i thought after segment three we had a winner and we didn't we'll talk about that on the flip side of the break you're listening to the grind 100.9 fm 8:50 a.m and streaming at wkvl.com we'll be back you don't want to miss it Hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. When the temps heat up, drive in comfort with the lowest prices every day on refrigerant from Rule King. This week's Rudy Special is a 12-ounce R134A auto air conditioning refrigerant for just $2.99. The other guys are $4.99. This is for a limited time. Brands may vary and limit 12 per customer. For all your automotive needs, Check out the selection and low prices at your neighborhood Rule King, America's farm and home store. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. On Thursday, July 30th, 2020, the Maryville Huddle will host an online candidate forum. State House candidates for Districts 20 and 8, as well as Congressional District 2 candidates, will participate. For more information, please contact the Maryville Huddle 
at MaryvilleTNHuddle at gmail.com. Have you been asking yourself if it's time to take that business idea and make it a reality? Do you need help with marketing or getting a leg up on the competition? Then check out my friends at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville, a company invested in Blunt County and ready to help. They can take your business to the next level. Mike, Jana, and the staff at 42nd Street are a dream to work with, and I'm proud to say that they built the grindonsports.com into what it is today. But if you need marketing and maybe don't know where to start, check out my guys at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville. Their phone number is 865-982-7007, or you can check out their work online, 42sd.com. Again, phone line is 865-982-7007 or online at 42sd.com. Check them out. I think you'll be glad you did. 2020 has been anything but predictable, but there is one thing we can count on. Football will be back. Blunt Broadcasting is proud to remain the radio home for two of Tennessee's most successful high school football programs, Maribel High School and Alcoa High School. Each team looks to repeat as state champions, and your support is needed to get these great programs off and running here in 2020. So, if you or your business would like to support these great student athletes and great coaches, then help Blunt Broadcasting get their games on the radio. Give us a call and let WGAP and WKVL Radio get working for you. Give us a call at 865-724-1100. That's 865-724-1100. Or shoot us an email at info at WKVL.com. Let's work together to get your great business and these local high schools the exposure they have earned and deserve. Have you heard about or seen the Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts. We've got those too. You can download the Grind Podcast on Apple Podcast and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything the Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Jeff McIntyre as we grind it out here on a Thursday edition. A post-All-Star race edition. Tennessee brought the heat last night as literally uh, as it was smoking hot up in Bristol. Humid. I thought we were going to get rained on. But the All-Star race made its trek across state lines. Made it to Tennessee. And Bristol put on a show last night. We talked about the precursors that led up to the All-Star race going into the break. Talked about, you know, Eric Almarola, William Byron, uh, and and um, Matt DiBenedetto winning the the, se- or the segments to get into the All-Star race. Uh, Clint Boyer winning the fan vote. 
uh, to get into the all-star race. But when they hooked up, locked horns, uh, there were 20 drivers uh, that were ready to chase it out. And and honestly, yesterday morning, I don't know if you heard, but I picked Kyle Busch to win, Chase Elliott, Dark Horse. That was kind of our talk Tuesday as well. Um, and I kind of stayed with that. I, I like those options. But then the more I was driving up through there, I'm like, it's Bristol. It's short runs. And both the guys I picked started 10th or worse. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, no. But then I'm like, well, Casey Kane one time won from last spot. He he got the fan vote and won. And I'm like, Wayne, but that was it's, at Charlotte. <laughs> it's it's one of those things with Bristol is if you know how to get around Bristol and you understand Bristol, it doesn't matter where you can start and you can you can win. And that that was one of those things that I learned from watching Rusty run Bristol because that was his track. And it, it watching him, I, I knew it didn't matter if he started on the pole or if he started 20th. He was going to get up to the front. You just have to be patient. Bristol is a patient track. It's a track position track. I will say I will say they threw down that that traction compound which that's the new buzzword for NASCAR. Yeah, they Yeah. It, that's a good drinking game. Every time they say traction compound, you drink. Knock her down. But the weird thing was is so they 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 the outside line was hot, but in the corners you wanted to be on the bottom. Which puts some people in some tough spots. Oh yeah, uh, to be able, to have to be pushed up. But nonetheless, uh, the traction compound worked out. And when somebody got in, out in clean air, uh, it was off to the races. They, yeah. they kind of ran away a little bit. But uh, talk a little bit about another thing. So we talked about the uh, the uh, turbo button lights. You know that we felt <laughs> like they had. Uh, another change was the choose rule, and we talked a little bit off air. It, there was some level of confusion, but I also thought it allowed you to pick your preferred line, if that makes sense. Because, uh, like a like, case in point, there was a situation to where Chase Elliott comes in, which, by the way, nerve-wracking as crap being a Chase Elliott fan on pit road because he had to go the full length of the backstretch pit, the full length of the front stretch pit, and he was the second pit stall on the way out. And so I'm like, Kevin Harvick's in and out. And he's not even – Chase hasn't even made it to his pit box yet. And I'm like, oh, no. And so you can see Kevin Harvick turning the corner and going on the front stretch. And you're like, go, 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 more gas, more – you know. And all of a sudden he dropped the jack and literally like beat him by half car length. And I'm like, cool. He got out ahead of Kevin. He's, he's in second place. That's good. He'll kind of drag race to, to turn one. Then he picks the outside line on this choose rule. And so it's weird. You do all this to get out ahead of someone, and yes, you're slotted as position two, but based on the choose rule and you want the outside lane, that speed didn't gain you anything. He literally now the only way that it could have well, impacted it, him negatively it gained him the choice. Well, I guess. The only, I, I'm just like I'm sitting here and I'm like, well, because again at that point Ryan Blaney was third and he took the inside line to get up and you know side by side on the front row and, and a lot of people me and my buddy we were sitting there and we were like well by the way skeeter from thornhills who i went with mm. yeah yeah i wanted him to call in this morning but i'm pretty sure he hasn't rolled over yet probably not uh, the pillow's just too nice but anyway i don't know what ryan blaney would have done but but it seemed like you didn't win anything right there being faster than Ryan Blaney off pit road didn't gain you anything right there. But, again, like you said, the choice. So he lines up uh, right behind, I guess, Keselowski at that time. 
he did it a couple different times where he got out second and took the third place, in my opinion, uh, starting spot. But so he gets out, uh, gets in that second or in that second row, and I'll be honest, just like a bullet. Like honestly, yeah. the outside lane was just so much hotter on the front stretch. And then by turn one, he was already up on the on the quarter panel, and then on the back stretch, he had done past him. Yeah, it that I remember that restart because that was another restart where Kozgowski was asleep, and they started up, and the first thing he does is just go backwards. So, like it, that is a thing, though. Being a a restart guy is a thing. Oh yeah, like Kyle Busch is a restart genius. Kevin Harvick is another one. Yeah, they, Jimmy Johnson with Chad yes. Knauss was a restart monster. The, and and there, I know there's some strategy to it where if you kind of hang back, bottle everybody up, and then you take off, you know, there's that. But he's not doing that. He just goes backwards. You think he spins his tires or something, and that kind of ruins the the set. I definitely think that's a possibility, but I mean, I think that they would note they would note it if he did. Like they would say, "Oh, look, he spun his tires." But I don't think that's the case. I think he's just asleep. Maybe I don't know. It just Jason Ward. Uh, he he texted me. He said, "What about Bubba Wallace taking the bumper from his wrecked car and putting it behind the thirty four trailer?" Michael McDowell. I didn't know he did that. Honestly, I didn't. I, it it looked like he had help. Like, he was squirrely, and then it looked like he had help. Hey, Michael McDowell was running the Love's truck stop car. He was just showing the love. He loved to stop that car. He loved to put them <laughs> in the wall. And then and then he also said, he said, Ryan Blaney stayed out when everyone else See, and, and he thought that's why he didn't win the race. And, I, oh, I absolutely think that. Because I, I think the gamble was you don't need fuel. I mean, because no. in the big race, you can go 125 laps. See, no here's gas. the problem. He stayed out, and all the guys that took four, with the exception of Kozlowski, who took two, which was dumb, but they were still there. You know, they didn't lose anything. Blaney, if he'd have pitted and got back out, yeah, maybe he would have been in third, maybe second. So I, I think that was definitely a missed opportunity because if he takes four, I think we have a different one, two, three, four. Maybe, maybe not a different one because Chase was just. He was fast. He was just nobody could compete. But Chase was the pace of the place, pretty much. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's a good shirt too. Yeah, Chase T-shirt paced the the place. And I mean, I, I think you have a different outcome because Blaney was quick too. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been able to hang with them with four old tires. But it, it, you know, the you know the guy that that was decent and he was up there, but. You never really felt like he was a contender was Harvick, and I thought he was going to be all over it. Harvick was fast at the beginning of the runs, and then he just was like, eh. He kind of lost it. And and I think, you know, that traction compound, dang, there you go. There's another one. Uh, it's, it's one of those deals to where it reacts to things differently. And I swear with NASCAR, if if you've watched any of it at all, every pit stop, you're just hopeful that the same car comes out the next time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, if a car's – well, I mean, if it's a bad car, you want a different car coming out. But but if they're really fast, like Chase was fast every time, when he went in the pits both times, I held my breath because I was like, if this next set of tires doesn't doesn't agree, it's yeah. over. It's at Bristol, especially the short run, the shootout style that they were doing. I mean, you're talking lose four spots, lose the race. Done. Gone. I mean, ask – honestly, ask, ask uh, Kyle Busch. Yep. The first two segments – if he's not if he's not muddling in the back with his brother, 
he's probably in the front and, and nobody catches him. And then things like that. Now, granted, I know the All Star races are different, but you know we've been doing it for other races too. It's it's situations like that where the draw for your starting position is it kind of sucks. It's less than ideal because you're going to spend a lot of your car trying to dig out of the pack when you know you maybe have a fast car to begin with i could have started out of this crap i could have started in the top five but i didn't i ended up starting back in 15th and you know you have to burn your car up trying to get into the you know out in clean air and stuff you know and i don't know what the answer to that is because qualifying well but i've been a huge advocate (laughs) of the not no, and and I don't disagree either. I mean, it, it's there's definitely been pros and cons. Um, I I would like to see qualifying back, but lose the practices. What if you go back to that pack qualifying? You remember that? I do remember that. Um, and I think doesn't doesn't Indy still do that? Yeah, I'm not sure that I've I think ever Indy known them not that. to do that. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing, especially even even at Bristol, but at, at bigger tracks like Charlotte. If you literally staggered them like three second exit times and qualified them in like five or t- you know seven uh, car packs, everybody's got some form of clean air. Everybody's doing their thing, and you literally run them for ten laps and park them. The fastest one gets the highest spot, yeah, and then go from there. I would like that. I'd enjoy that because I think that's still the track's still green to you. There's still that that ambiance of like just getting it off the trailer and running. There's no practice. There's no adjustments. It's pull it off the trailer. We're running ten laps. That's how you start. I I, th- I think that's what they should do, and then lose qualifying because it, it would lose practice because it would bridge the gap. Yes, it would bridge it a little bit. But uh, they're not doing that. So no. at this point, they drawed it out. Uh, what happened with the 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 series or the segments? I don't know why that escaped me for a moment. Might be the two and a half hours sleep, <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, segment one chase chase charging. I mean, he's up. I think by the end of segment one, uh, he might have been up to like third or fourth. I mean, it was stupid crazy uh, how how much he got up there. And honestly, ten more laps there, and he might have led. He might have led the first segment. Segment two, he finally gets to the lead, uh, and you're like, you're like, man, this this is a guy that's that's got it. Uh, just can he hold on? One thing that I wanted to ask you, because, again, I think the all-star race is built around uh, aggression, uh, taking chances, people sliding around. Honestly, Kurt Busch wrecks, and that's about the only wreck in the all-star race. I, I'm i trying to remember, and I, I remember two cars turning early. Yeah, that was that was, that was And Bush. that was the one with Kurt Busch, and they didn't hit anything. Yeah, he backed up into the wall and kind of boogered his car up, and then that was it. And, and, it. But but you you have to think about who's racing. You've got twenty that are pretty good. They know what they're doing, right? And, and I'll say I was nervous about um, uh, Cole Custer. Uh, the the what's what was that other kid's name? Anyway, the 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 guys who basically they had them a good week. And then yeah. got in there. Justin Haley, I think, was yeah, the other ju- guy. There was a few names that I sat there thinking, like, oh, okay. They got – like, they, they touched on Alex Bowman. And I'm like, oh, that's right, because he won one last year. And- oh, yeah. You know, uh, here's a fun fact. 
Also, with William Byron winning one of the segments to get into the all-star race, do you know all five Hendrick cars made it? You know how many years all Hendrick cars have made? Uh, uh, oh, yeah, and Newman spun around. Jason, you're on top of it, man. He does. Like I, I'm. I, when I grow up, I want to keep notes he's and take, have a memory like he's Jason taking notes Moore. like Boone does. Got them Boone notes. That's what he's doing. Boone notes. But uh, fun fact: you know how many years uh, all of Hendrick Motorsports cars have made the All Star race? And and more times than not, they've got four or five cars. Just just putting that out there. I know there for a long time. I mean, it was Hendrick and uh, Hendrick was Gordon and Johnson. And then they added Earnhardt. I don't know. Junior Earnhardt. Or ju- yeah. yeah, Junior. I'm I'm thinking, I don't know, seven, eight? Nineteen. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And something something crazy like nine out of the last 11. That's crazy. Yeah. And speaking of, of all the young drivers, I think it's even more impressive now because you've got Alex Bowman, William Byron. You've got a non-Chad Canals, Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> But I loved it. You know what they called him at, at Bristol? And they may call him this everywhere. I just don't go everywhere else. They said, and starting da-da-da, old seven time. Old seven time. <laughs> I remember remember when he was old five time, then he was old six time, now he's old seven time. Yeah. He was still a little lackluster in the in the mix. but Yeah. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, the chases – no pun intended, uh, were, was interesting because, again, it happened so fast, there was no time to, to wait and see or let things happen. Every turn had some level of push, beat, bang, slide. You know, And I thought Chase did a really good job of navigating that early, getting out front. And honestly, I thought people did a good job when lap traffic happened. They knew they weren't going to win this thing. They got the heck out of the way. Kurt Busch was the only one that kind of got in Chase's way, and, and I'm pretty sure – that would have been – he might have had that been escorted out of that place if he had wrecked You Chase. know, here's the other thing, too, though. Chase, he had the bump and run down last night. Like, he he had it, I, it – it's one of those things, again, I, I watch Bristol a lot because that was that was Rusty's track. So And there was nobody better than, you know, him, Jeff Gordon, uh, Earnhardt, that when they when they got behind you, you had to know I'm gonna get hit. I'm gonna move. I better be ready to recover the car. And like last night, Chase, he just he had that move. He had the bump and run ready, and he I mean he was using it. He did it to just about anybody that he knew he could get away with it with, and not wreck them. You know that's a skill to not wreck them and get around them. That's a skill. And but Kurt Busch, if he'd have gotten his way, oh, he'd have been the wall. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And nobody would have cared at all. The monster car would have cared, but that's it. You know what's bad? The monster car was the one that, that advocated the underlight kit that looked so awesome, and it wasn't even green. See, that Like his wasn't even green. Yeah. Because it, it's a Chevrolet. It was sure. orange. Yeah. I, they should have let them pick their color, and then they should have been the entire car. Yeah. Period. Yeah. That's what it should have been. They didn't ask us though. No, they didn't. But they they, they should have. Hey, they we, had their opportunity. They live in every day. Two man focus group. Yeah, we'll yeah, tell you what right. to do. We're a one man wolf pack. <laughs> Two part. Yeah. Section A, section B. Now I'll, I'll tell you this. I I mean, I know it was a Wednesday, and that really still rubs me raw. But I don't care if they ever go back to Charlotte. <laughs> and I that like was, Charlotte, but man, Bristol was fun. That was my next question. Like, do you think Bristol impressed all star people? Like, to me, that that's what I would do. I don't know that I'm interested now in leaving the all-star race at uh, at one location. 
I, I could go for that too. You know, I, I'm just saying, you know, it, it's kind of like uh, uh, the all-star game in baseball. I mean, it kind of travels, and you have that little nuance that is the jerseys kind of have the home team's logo. Like I saw one the other day on online. It was cheap, uh, and if I was an Angels fan, I'd pick it up. It was an American League uh, jersey from the all-star game when it was in Anaheim or in, in, in California, and the A for American League had the, the halo on it. Which See, I, that's cool. So I'm just saying, like, Bristol, I got the all-star race T-shirt last night, and it was epic. But, like, if you did it next year at Atlanta, if you did it the following year at, like, Martinsville, and you kind of – now, I do think – I think there's something to be said about keeping it on a small track. You – you I think you want to do that because you're going to keep the competition and the aggression right there. Right, cause If you go to Talladega – Two cars go – 10 miles out yeah, in front of everybody. and then that's it. I mean, and, and if you have the big one, it's it's Ricky Bobby, and they're out there running for the finish line because nobody's left. I think if they do that, like there should be a rule at Talladega. If a guy gets more than a like a six-second lead or something, competition caution. Ooh. You're going to Ken Miles them? I don't care. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, people that, – that, that will be the death of NASCAR is the two-man tandem racing. When people just run off and leave people, but anyway, I, I you know we we don't know what the future is going <laughs> to hold. In my opinion, it'll probably go back to Charlotte, just because I feel yeah. like you know the the Queen City, the Crown Jewel of NASCAR, speed. You've got you've got the, all the home guys are right there, so you can kind of be creative and show up late to the track. But I don't know. Uh, and it's a it's a good venue. They've just got to work on the uh, the the competitive nature. I'm okay if they do the All Star Race with the Roval. Yeah. Th- well, yeah. Hey, okay. This is total side shoot. Did you hear about Tony Stewart and Evernham wanting to start up the the IROC again? Really? Yeah. Now I'm it won't down. be called that. But what what made me think of it was when you said the tri- the, the 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 Roval was they want to have a lot of small tracks and they want to have one road course and they want to have one course where it's both where it's both and that's what made me think of it just now see and they the Daytona has a version to where it has a road course yes i'm i think you got to get creative when you go to big tracks if you did the roval at charlotte you did the daytona little road course setup you did bristol and just rotated through those that'd be awesome i mean i'd go that to all of so them cool. i would check them all but uh but again, they don't ask us. I know. But uh, Chase Elliott wins the 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 All Star race last night, uh, and, and honestly, really convincing fashion. And, and you know, I thought it was really good because there was a lot of Chase Elliott fans there. Uh, I mean, when I was walking through, and again, it, it was different because there wasn't the flags, there wasn't the 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 campers and all the stuff that normally associates with NASCAR in Bristol. But but what you saw was is when the guys came in, uh, it was. Now, I still saw a ton of Dale Earnhardt stuff, and it was just really cool. It was just really cool to kind of see those guys that still rock the three, and it's not an Austin Dillon three. You can just – Oh, yeah. There's a difference. And so, anyway, uh, but there was a lot of Chase fans there, a lot of, lot of diversity, honestly, there. Alvin Kamara was there yesterday. Oh, was uh, he? Yeah, he was actually down on the track, like uh, against the fence. He he's a, he's a big NASCAR fan, isn't he? He has become one. Yeah. See, Bubba Wallace is a big Tennessee fan. So with between he and Alvin Kamara, they've kind of linked up on this BLM situation. And then also, I think he actually legitimately, when he got brought to NASCAR because he didn't know a lot about it, 
there's something that's cool about 40 cars being two inches away from each other sure. going 200. So I think he was interested in it. And, of course, Bristol's Tennessee-related, so he's probably never been there. Uh, but uh, and, and awesome, uh, they, they kind of really highlighted in the entry video uh, the battle at Bristol. Uh, it was it was really good, and then you know they played uh, for the the open races. Uh, the they didn't play a national anthem. I was a little nervous about that. I was kind of a little peeved about it, to be honest with you. But they played Lee Greenwood's "God Bless the USA" in lieu of, and I'm like, I don't know if I'm okay with that. But then they came back in the All Star race and did a national anthem. And you uh, know, I wondered about that too because I didn't get to watch the beginning of the opens. I, I was kind of in and out of the house at that time. But I made sure that okay, hey, here th- this one starts. All star, yeah. Th- this is where I- I'm not doing nothing else. Did you see Josh Turner doing the? the yeah. Like I'll be honest, that's uh, his rendition was really bassy, uh, but it was no long black train. Yeah, that unfortunately, I think that's the only that's the only pitch he has. The problem is, is canned like singing at home is not the same. No. So I think it would have been a little. I think it would have been a little better at, on location, you know, kind of life. But anyway. Anyway, all that being said, it was a really good night. I thought Bristol did a good job of letting people out of the stands. You had to be released from your section, and I thought that was pretty epic. Now, granted, uh, at the end of the race, people were just interested in getting home because it had been a long day. It was hot. It was hot in the day, and then it cooled in the night. So there was probably a little less of social distancing on the way out, but I'll say that you know people were wearing their masks on the way out. Uh, you didn't hear any, uh, you know, kind of hoopla stuff. And then Bristol's always really good about getting people out of there. Like, it's one of those deals you're in a line, but the line never stops. You That's know what I'm good. saying? Your car, yeah. your car just kind of, and they disperse you however you need to go. And and like I said, we never stopped. From the time I pulled out of the parking place till we hit interstate, we were moving. Now, granted, sometimes it was a snail's pace. Sometimes it was, it was doing pretty good. But... Uh, we never stopped, and I think that's that's strategy. That doesn't yep. happen on accident. So, no, that that's planning, and that's smart planning. So again, I I hope, and I, I don't know that what we're gonna see, we're gonna see results from from what we saw with the most attended sporting event post COVID. So we just have to, or I guess still in COVID, but after the big shutdown. But uh, we we just got to see what that looks like, and I think that's going to be a model uh, for college football moving forward. I mean, you look at it, that's a 160,000-seat stadium uh, with 30,000 in it. And there was there was good fan sound. There was good fan rapport. And, and for the most part, I didn't see a lot of gathering. You know, when Chase won, a lot of people ran down to the fence and did that thing. But I, that's going to be hard to beat. That's going to be hard to stop. But I thought it was a good example of what can happen, what should happen, and what hopefully uh, will happen as we look to the fall. Uh, I did notice, uh, and it's a story for another day, uh, Virginia high school football announced no fall football in Virginia. Uh, So we'll see if that has any impact on Tennessee. But anyway, uh, all-star race in the books. Chase Elliott with the victory. But we're going to take our last break of the day. When we come back, we're going to talk about 51 days until it's football time in Tennessee. We'll be back. You don't want to miss it.
Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. 2020 has been anything but predictable, but there is one thing we can count on. Football will be back. Blunt Broadcasting is proud to remain the radio home for two of Tennessee's most successful high school football programs, Maribel High School and Alcoa High School. Each team looks to repeat as state champions, and your support is needed to get these great programs off and running here in 2020. So, if you or your business would like to support these great student-athletes and great coaches, then help Blunt Broadcasting get their games on the radio. Give us a call and let WGAP and WKVL Radio get working for you. Give us a call at 865-724-1100. That's 865-724-1100. Or shoot us an email at info at wkvl.com. Let's work together to get your great business and these local high schools the exposure they have earned and deserve. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. In response to the COVID-19 coronavirus outbreak, and in what the Blunt Partnership sees is the best interest of its visitors, employees, and community, Taste of Blunt, slated for September 10th in Maryville, the Townsend Fall Festival scheduled for September 25th and 26th at the Townsend Visitor Center, and the Best of Blunt Awards, booked in October, are canceled. The events will not be rescheduled in 2020. These fall events are cherished productions that the community looks forward to annually, but the current environment is not conducive to holding large events where physical distancing is difficult. Have you heard about or seen the Grand's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. Got something you're grinding on? Give us a call at 865-983-4310. Now back to The Grind with host Wayne Kaiser. 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And 
Welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Jeff McIntyre as we count it down 51 days till it's football time in Tennessee. We talk about taking a hard left. I mean, we go from NASCAR to, to Tennessee football, 1951, uh, 51 days. I mean, that's you don't get any more aggressive turn than that. that yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's collision. It's it's aggressive. It's Tennessee happens somewhat in the fall. Yeah. I mean, I can make the connection. But anyway, 51 days till it's football time in Tennessee. A lot of people have worn the number 51 for the Vols. We look at Reggie McKenzie. That name's going to sound familiar because he is the former uh, GM of the Oakland Raiders. Oh. Uh, son, um, Khalil McKenzie. I don't know why I was going to call him Malil McKenzie, but it was Khalil McKenzie. Played for the Vols just recently. But Khalil McKenzie, linebacker, a twin a Knoxville native out of Austin East High School. He starred with the Vols in the early 80s. Uh, Reggie went on to play for the L.A. Raiders uh, and started as a rookie in 1985 and went on to a very successful front office career for the NFL. He served with the Packers uh, from 94 to 2001, eventually rose to director of player personnel. And during his time with the Packers, they won Super Bowl titles in 96 and 2011. And then on 20, in 2012, McKenzie was hired as the general manager of the Oakland Raiders. He has since left that organization, and I believe he's with the New York football giants now. But uh, he's, he stayed in the front office a lot of his career and been very successful uh, in doing that. Uh, another one of why I wore the number 51 long snapper, Kevin Gregory, says, I was a walk-on long snappers and was honored to wear any number that the equipment managers would give me. He said, when they tossed me the 51 with my name on the back, words can't describe how quickly the number went from being meaningless to meaningful and everything to me. I honored that number and those who had worn before me. Uh, by working hard, I earned a full scholarship my final two years. I wore that jersey through two SEC championships and wore it as I snapped during the national championship game in 1998. The number has gone on to mean so much to my family, and my sons continue to sport the number 51 jersey uh, in the stands as we come to games today. That's awesome. I mean, that's next level. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's good for him. Good stuff, good stuff. But 51's a big number. If you look around the, the, the world and around the, the, the football and, and sports landscape, kind of a little one that, that steps out, number 51, Ichiro Suzuki uh, from Major League Baseball. I mean, Ichiro is like a thing. When I, I've went to Japan, I've had the opportunity two or three times, and I tell you, there's a couple names that you go over there and you can talk because I've went over there every time I've went, un, fortunately or unfortunately. It's been around baseball season, and their baseball is just a lot different. Like it's just more defensively oriented. I actually got to go to one of their games, really? not not a like a professional game. It was a high school game. Yeah, and that was an experience. But I mean, you, but you go over there, and the two names. Okay, so I give. I've given you one Ichiro. You know who the other one was? Matsui. Matsui. Hideki Matsui, because he played for the Tokyo Giants. Yeah, and then he came over and played for the Yankees. But uh, he's a big name over there, and he went back and played for some time after he left the the Did major he? leagues over here. I can see. But it. Uh, Ichiro, number fifty-one. He's one of those guys. He was. Talk about a dang Iron Man. He just mm -hmm. played forever and forever and forever, and he was always really clutch. I mean, he could get in there and get a hit, and he's quick, and he was he was just where you wanted him to be. He yeah. was always that guy that could do it. But probably, I, I would say unarguably, and I think this is probably one of the few, the best number 51's got to be Dick Butkus. Sure. I, 
He's got an award named after him. I mean, yeah, at all three levels, <laughs> right? There's a high school Dick Buckus award, a college Dick Buckus award, and an NFL. I mean, I Dick guess Buck. that makes him okay. I feel like that puts him right up there. I mean, the only <laughs> other 51 that I think is pretty awesome since we talked racing today is uh, is uh, Rowdy Burns. That's right. He was number 51. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Bone crushing linebacker Dick Buck is one of the greatest players to never win a Super Bowl. He loves that stat, I'm sure. Um, he played his entire nine season career with the Bears and was selected to Pro Bowl in all but one of those nine seasons. He was twice named De- Defensive Player of the Year for the NFL and inducted into the Hall of Fame class of 1979. The Bears have now retired number 51 uh, as a jersey number. And uh, I mean, he's just—he's just elite. I mean, like yeah, it's I next mean, level. You don't good. get much better than that. I don't think so. I ain't about it. But uh, I'll say, uh, there's a lot of good 51s out there. But I mean, the people that wear 51, they wear it because of Dick Buckus. I could see that. So I- anyway, moving on. 1951 was another big year for the Vols. Kind of step back in the orange side of things. 1951 was a national championship year for Tennessee. Uh, an undefeated regular season, and one that really, uh, when you look at it. Uh, kind of left no doubt. That was their second consecutive undefeated regular season. They beat Mississippi State uh, 14 to nothing. Uh, they beat number 16 Duke 26 to nothing. They beat UT Chattanooga 43 or 42 to 13. They beat Alabama 27 to 13 in front of 44,000 people in 1951. That's a ton of people. Uh, they beat Tennessee Tech 68 to nothing. They beat North Carolina 27 to nothing. They beat Washington and Lee 60 to 14. They beat Ole Miss 46 to 21. Kentucky, number nine, Kentucky, 28 to zero. Coach Paul Bear Bryant was their head football coach. And uh, they beat Vanderbilt 35 to 27. And then, unfortunately, which again, national champion had already been crowned, but they did drop the bowl game uh, to Maryland uh, in Tulane Stadium in the Sugar Bowl 28 to 13. But uh, 1951, a big year for Tennessee. And like I said, two consecutive 50-51 and 51 regular season undefeated. That's pretty cool. I mean, that's pretty, you don't get better than it. Pretty smooth and cool. Smooth. Yeah. Yeah, I made that up myself. I lo- hey, Just now. Fr- hey, anybody's open to use it. I mean, it's it's not copyright. Too late. Too late. I trademarked it. Trademark pending. Pending. Ask, ask Dan Snyder. He knows all about pending. <laughs> anyway. I guess I digress. I don't know. I think he's been digressing. But anyway, uh, 1951 in sports, you talk about the national championship of the University of Tennessee, but you talk about American football. Uh, The Los Angeles Rams beat the New York Yanks to set an NFL single-game record for most passing yards at the time at 554, a score of 48-21. to That's a lot of passing yards. You know, it is, but at the same time, when you have quarterbacks right now that can do that, I mean, just for their team, I mean, that's crazy how much it's changed. Well, I mean, you're talking single-wing type of football. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's where we were. Uh, you look at NFL championship, again, those Rams went on to to win the championship, defeating the Cleveland Browns 24-17. to Looks like not much has changed. The Browns are there. Well, I guess something has changed. The Browns were there in those games and not 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 just sitting watching. But anyway, the Sugar Bowl uh, saw the Oklahoma Sooners lose thirteen to seven to the Kentucky Wildcats. But again, still uh, shared a version of a national championship with the Vols. So uh, Tennessee wins their version, and then Oklahoma gets like the Lichtenhaus or whatever. Their version. Well, that's, I mean, it's what it is. I mean, Oklahoma State Fair said that Oklahoma was the champion, so they went with it at the time. 
It happens. Yeah. It happens. One beat Claim. rider. Yeah, one beat rider says you're a champion and everybody listens. Who knows? But anyway, back then, we'll call it the wild, wild west. But in baseball, you saw the New York Yankees win the World Series four games to two over the New York baseball Giants. Fun times. 1951 in the books. Tomorrow, we've got David Evans and Derek Evans coming in studio. You don't want to miss it. All-decade team member who's going to be here. But if you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, and yes, grind on. We'll see you tomorrow.